0: and welcome back to Hot Off The Press. Today is a very special episode for Mariah and I. You know we're always reminding you that we are not the experts. We just really love learning about letterpress and we want to bring you along on our journey of learning. And today we get the chance to talk to a true expert. Joining us all the way from Austin, Texas, is a man who knows inks better than Mariah and I probably know ourselves. (laughs) So (laughs) let's give a very warm welcome to Charlie from Southern Ink. Charlie, it's such a delight to have you on. Welcome, Charlie.
2: Well, thank you all. I'm I'm really excited. It's all to be fun. Yeah.
0: So you run your business with your brother, is that correct?
2: correct? It's uh, Rick.
0: And do you both have backgrounds in ink? Like how did you get to the point where you opened up Southern ink?
2: We do. So, um, we have, a lot of my mom's family were printers. So Rick needed a job. Granddad got him a job at a supply house and he, uh, they wanted to start mixing inks. So he asked if I would wanted to go over with him and you know, it sounded pretty cool. So, uh, so we worked at a supply house here in Austin for half a dozen years. We went to another supply house, worked for about a half a dozen years, and then um, started Southern Ink. And we've been around for 21 years. Wow. Uh, I figured out today I've, I've done ink for 33 years. So a long time. <laughs> oh, that is so <laughs> that's, cool. <laughs>
0: that's amazing. I love that you guys just like dove right into it too. We're just like, yeah, we'll we'll do that.
2: Well, we kind of had to because the both of the supply houses decided they didn't want to be in the business so they shut mm-hmm. that down so we were kind of that's all we really knew what to knew how to do so
0: yeah um, and it's such a it's such a specialized process i mean just watching your videos on instagram i am cool. fascinated by all of the machines you guys use and like i can't even imagine cleaning up after our days of <laughs> <that's> work <right. laughs>
1: Yeah, we think our cleanup process is a lot. We can only imagine what it's like to clean up a whole vat of ink.
2: <laughs> you you kind of get used to it because one little dot, as y'all know, will go a long way. <laughs> so you kind of get used to it. If you get a little on, you stop and clean. Um, yeah. Before you have it everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're still trying to teach ourselves that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. When was it that you guys opened up Southern Ink together?
2: Southern Ink was started in 2001 2001, 2002 okay. I worked for an ink company for about a year or two, I was a, for, as a salesman I wasn't real good at that uh, Rick worked as an implant which is a um, it's like a ink blending operation inside of a print shop so, but for the most part we worked together you know, for that whole time um, and you know, there's good times and bad times, <laughs> yeah. you know, working that but we, uh, we, we make a good team. So.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and so I'm curious, is it just the two of you and what kind of roles do you both have? Do you overlap or do you each kind of handle separate departments, if you will, or
2: yes. So right now it's just Rick and I, um, we had his son, little Rick working with us for a while. He went on to, a, uh, work for a big company. Um, but we're able to handle it with just the two of us. Rick does more like front end stuff. He likes to do office and billing and I don't really like that stuff. And, but when we get busy, you know, I could do a little bit of that, Rick could do. Rick comes in and mixes ink. And so um, there's a little overlap, but it's mainly Rick in the front, me in the back. Got um, it, makes sense. You know, it's kind of how we how we do it.
0: I have a question regarding your client base. Because Mariah and I, as small print shops, we'll order like a can or two at a time. And those cans will last us quite a while. Yeah. Um, so do you have like a lot of small shop clients like us? Or are you primarily uh, doing business with like larger print houses? Curious about that breakdown.
2: So we started out as a, it was mainly offset inks um, and, commercial offset and that's probably still the bigger part of our business but about 10 or 15 years ago uh offset really started taking a hit with the digital uh it took a lot of put a lot of print shops out of business and we started noticing that there was a, a big uh resurgence in like letter press you know so we put the website up and um you know we sell it all over. We sell quite a bit of letterpress inks, um, you know, in the little tubes. Uh, and yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it. I actually think it's funner. You know, the, the letterpress people are, are, uh, I don't know, more creative or just, it's, it's, uh, it, it's cool. You know, commercial printing is all about, I've got a million sheets I need to get printed and, you know, um, so it's kind of different, I, I guess, you know, with the, with the letterpress. So we order like our inks and drums. So we'll have 55-gallon drums of ink. And then we um, modify. We've figured out how to modify that for the letterpress. So, um, you know, we, we've got a ton of ink in here. It's a warehouse full of ink. <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes I feel really bad because I'll make a really cool color. And, you know, I'll end up with a bunch over. I'm like, well, I don't really want to throw that away because for a letterpress printer, that could be a year's worth of ink. Yeah, no joke. um, Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I've had some of my cans for two years and it looks like I've barely owned them, but like the little bit goes a long way in a formula. You know, I'm never really mixing more than 10 grams at a time. So we're really interested in sort of the difference between the offset ink and the letterpress ink because a big thing that comes up in our community a lot is like, do I need oils or rubber? And we always tell people it's really personal preference. There's pros and cons to both. But um, yours is kind of like a hybrid, correct?
2: That's exactly what we like to call it because, um, you know, rubber-based inks, Letterpress tends to like heavier bodied inks, um, and they, uh, it stays open on your equipment, so, um, but the rubber-based inks seem to be a little bit harder to clean up, because they are thicker, um, and they don't really seem to have, when you put it on the sheet, it looks duller, it doesn't seem to have as nice of a a sheen to it, so the oil-based inks, of course, you, know you have waste because you have to you get the skin on the top and sometimes the skin is real you know just barely there and then sometimes it's like thick um and but they'll dry on your equipment so we uh we kind of formulated to have the best of both worlds so rh will stay open like a rubber base and unless it's if it's a formula that's 98 percent transparent white they may be a little loose but we can Mm -hmm. always uh substitute opaque white for that it won't hurt the color and um the body will be a little bit you know thicker and, but they don't dry on your equipment they're easy to clean up and i think they have a nicer look to them on the sheet um, and then we also take metallic inks which i think are kind of unique and we make them where they'll stay open um same thing with neons which Neons used to be called fluorescents, so I gotta kind of change my language.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll know Everybody what you mean. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the metallics and neons I've seen outside of yours are all oil-based, right? And so your even your metallics and your neons are kind of that hybrid process, right?
2: Correct. Correct. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, which but is they, amazing.
2: The, the metallics, mm-hmm. you you have a pretty long window of staying open. But we, we, they will dry, you know, a little bit after some time. But um, way, way ahead of anybody else's, I think. Yeah. So that's what I think would be the, the benefits of the, of the rubber base is that it stays open. And um, you, you have less waste. The oil base, you have more waste, but I think they have a nicer look to them. So that's just kind of my opinion on them, you know. Yeah. And our inks. Uh, will you can intermix with either one? So, if you get some southern ink and but you have some rubber based yellow, you can take ours and mix, you know, mix with it, and and you'd be fine. So, you don't end up with the you know, because everybody has lots of waste or yeah, unused inks, and then what do you do? You know, they just sit there, yeah,
1: random bits and pieces,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was actually a question from one of our listeners. Yeah, we were talking to someone
1: who got a collection of like when I think when she got her press, she got a collection of ink along with it. And so some of it was a lot older. She didn't know exactly how long, but you know. Um, I also, when I got my first press, ended up with some inks that look to be at least 30 years old. I haven't opened all of them, but cool. I did open one and it seems to work just fine. Um, actually, that was the silver I sent you, Jillian. So you've tried it too. Um, yes. But is there a life, like a shelf life for ink? And, you know, does it vary or is it, you know, pretty consistent across the board? And And tell us what you know about that, because it's clearly like, part of the legacy of getting a press is that you end up with bits and pieces that the previous person had with it too you know
2: i think that's super cool that the 30 year old ink was good because it, it can be if you know depending on the container for a while we everybody went to plastic containers but believe it or not the air can get into the plastic so then it, they dry all down the sides and it, mm. it's a mess but in a good metal container if you keep it good and closed the ink's really not going to go bad, so uh, the only concern would be if it has a real uh, hard skim. When you go to take it off, you know you get the little flakes that leave hickies, um, yeah. you know, in your print. So uh, I say run them <laughs> if you got. And actually, some <laughs> of those thirty-year-old inks are probably uh, better in some ways than some of the stuff we have now because. Um, You know, not that it's bad, but we've gone to use different oils. Um, And one of the ones I like to use is soybean. Everybody said, oh, soybean. But soybean is a non-drying oil, so it doesn't want to dry. That's why the newspaper gets, you know, all over your hands. Yeah. But but there's other oils that are natural that we could use, like linseed and flax, that are just as renewable, but the soybean industry – Really made a push, you know. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the ones that you yeah. have are probably petroleum based. So I, I wouldn't eat them, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that. Yeah. I remember that.
1: Yeah. I, I actually, so the one I, the only one I've used and opened is, it was a tube of silver ink. And so um, I couldn't open the tube. I just ripped the top right off of it and put it into a new container. But but it was, you know, it was a little separated, but once you gave it a good mix, it was fine. Um, So yeah, I'll have to open up some of the other ones and see what they're like. But some of the cans I have are unopened. Um, They were never used. So those I assume are probably still good. So um,
2: i bet they are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this person that uh, our our listener that wrote in, she specifically mentioned that she had been ridiculed in a couple of like letterpress groups uh, for getting this this older ink, and she's like, it seems to work fine. I don't know why everyone was yeah. so up in arms about it. So I'm sure she'll be reassured by all of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, she got the good stuff.
1: Yeah, she it. sure did. That's awesome.
0: Well, speaking of storing inks well, what would you say as far as like temperature affecting the ink, like? Mariah and I both print out of our garages and Mariah's up in the Midwest, so her garage can get pretty cold. Mine can Negative. get pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, does the external temperature, if the can is well sealed, will that still affect the ink? Like, should you be storing it in a stable temperature?
2: No, not really. It's kind of funny. Well, in a, in a way. So it's funny because since we've started selling all over the country, we're, we're into the North a lot more. And people say, you know, hey, my ink is just acting funny or it's too thick. And ink usually typically takes 24 hours to acclimate. So if you leave it like in the garage and it's cold for a couple of days, then you're going to, you might, and if it really froze hard, it might affect the oils in it. So, but what I told them was, typically you're using so little ink for a job that I would store it at the house and then just mm-hmm. take what I needed to the shop with me because, you know, a tube is, uh, um, and then in the summer, you know, we, our warehouse gets 110. It, it doesn't really hurt the ink. It'll just make it super soupy and, yeah. you know, not fun Makes to sense. mess with. So, um, yeah. but cold would worry me a little bit more. Um, but I, <laughs> I think that you could uh, probably like I said put it in a box or something. Yeah, put a blanket over it. If you could just keep yeah. it from actually freezing, I think would be yeah. fine.
1: What like what kind of like moisture content is there? I mean, how how likely is it that ink like so ink does freeze? Um, but at what temperature would it really need to get? I mean, my garage gets pretty cold. It usually doesn't get below zero, but it does get really cold. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really store my ink in there often to be fully transparent, but um, I I definitely have left a can out there. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, see, I think what would matter more would be like the additives in the ink. The ink itself, I don't think would, but, you know, there are other things that go into it. Um, they're not water, but like there's some waxes that help with it to slip, you know, so it doesn't step sense. real easy. And I think I would be more concerned about them. We've never, I mean, we got cold this year, last year, Yeah, but you know, um, I've never really had to have long-term, you know, ink at zero. So I'm (laughs) kind of, I'm not, I'm I'm at a loss, I guess. Yeah. That's fair enough.
1: Yeah. That's when we break (laughs) up the hairdryer. (laughs) candles, (laughs) hair dryers, all kinds of tricks up my sleeve now. Um, Yeah. Okay. I feel better about that though. At least, uh, you know, I, yeah, I've only left a can like out there overnight a couple of times. I usually keep it in my basement because that's the beauty of the Midwest. We have basements and it's always the same temperature down there, but um, yeah, I definitely... I have a habit of bringing all my stuff in as anything that I can carry basically from the garage, um, my ink disc and my base and all of that stuff. So the ink, uh, the ink has a nice home downstairs, but
2: definitely yeah, have left a can or two surface. out there
1: once, once or twice.
2: <laughs> once.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to ask kind of about the additives. So can you tell us like a short list of what goes into ink and, you know, then additives that you can purchase and why you might want to use those or when you might think, oh, I need to use an additive. Um, Because that's something that Julie and I have never really experimented with. So we're curious about that whole realm as well. Um, Maybe you could kind of run down some of those.
2: Sure, you bet. So ink is basically varnish, you know, like kind of like if you think about varnish, like you varnish or a shellac, you know, it's just oil that's heated to make it thick, and then pigment. Those are the two main things in it. Um, you know, they're mixed on like a high-speed disperser, disperser, that cuts the pigment in, and then they're running across a mill that really grinds the pigment in, um, and then at that point is usually when additives are, are added, um, and there's waxes that help like with slip, um, and scuffing, and then there's, um, dryers, which, um, there's different kinds of dryers. If you're going to print on something non-porous like a plastic or something like that, there's oxidizing dryers. So they um, most dryers suck the air into them, but the, the ink is also going into the sheet. You know, it's so it's dried by absorption as well. Mm-hmm. But with the oxidizing dryer, since the ink's just sitting on top of the sheet, it uh, just sucks all the the air in to dry it, just sitting on top. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and it takes so little dryer that we sell like an oxidizing dryer and um, the other one's like a cobalt-manganese mix. And, um, you know, a little goes a long way. We sell it in like a one-ounce container just because it'll last forever. Um, And I would, so if you have an ink that's too thick, you can... um, get a reducing oil but really you could just go like to the hardware store and get some linseed oil okay. and just put a little bit of that in it and that'll reduce it and then um for bodying up we can add a binding varnish which is just a super heavy varnish it's kind of a hard to work with because you really got to stir it in you know but um that'll help to thicken them up if you have one especially if they're like a ton of transparent white or something like that Um,
1: yeah a lot of those lighter colors
2: yeah which are always the funnest you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) we just talked about that in our last episode that like we almost are at the point of encouraging clients to pick darker colors because those ones that are like 98 percent transparent white formulas
2: yeah yeah are both
0: very tricky to mix but then also the way that they act on the press can get so annoying because they'll they just have like a different texture to the way that they print um
1: yeah and they like i find that lighter colors are much more inconsistent through the run too like from start to finish they look completely different so yeah whereas like darker colors you just keep throwing a little bit more on as you go and you're fine
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah I agree. There's a lot of them um, that have a ton of transparent white, um, and I always wonder how it's going to go because, uh, you know, if they can change so much depending on how much ink you put on, you can, it can you know look way different. So.
0: Yeah. I, this actually leads us into you guys have some amazing content on your Instagram regarding like drawdowns. And like, I love the machine you have where you could like just print a strip. Yeah.
1: Where do we oh, buy man. one of those? Yeah. Where do we
0: get one of those? <laughs> uh, but for someone who doesn't have amazing equipment like that, like, what would you say are some really good tips for getting the most accurate drawdown before you ink up your press?
2: So I was thinking about this um, and like I have a, uh, so I would, I'd say get a good ink knife. Um, This one's been around for a long time. And uh, if you could just put a little dot of ink on it and then pull it down, I'm going to do it real quick
0: demonstration (laughs) yay
1: (laughs) we're all such visual people it's like i know just see
2: it so let's see it's not going to be a great way to do it but if it'll get you an idea of this is pms 185 that i've made earlier it'll give Uh you an idea of you know kind of um yeah before you ink up there's another way you could do it is tapping it out um, if you just, I'm sure y'all have probably done that. Tap it out on the sheet.
1: Yeah, I've tried it, but I never seem to get enough. I get it's always get too your... much ink. I, yeah, i never do it right. I always have like just too much ink on my finger or something. I don't know. Same. It's, it's... Okay, Same. good.
2: It's, uh, it's really hard to do it on uncoated stock because you're, you're not, but if you can do it on a coated stock and just kind okay. of tap it out then you can it'll give you a better idea then we have like a little roller that if you have oh, a yeah. brayer we yeah. um this is called a quick peek so we uh roll it out and it makes a nice little uh proof that you can look at nice. so that might be a way to do it you know
0: yeah that's a good idea so zach's uncle actually gifted me one of those quick peaks. cool yeah i do need to get a new brayer for it but once i do that i will be using it regularly because honestly sometimes i put ink up on the press and i don't even know what it's going to come out like
2: yeah <laughs> there I are understand. just some yeah. of those
0: colors that are tricky and it's always the beiges it is always the yeah. beiges
2: yeah and, and you've got it you've got equipment you have to clean up you know i can if it does that to me that's pretty easy to clean up and keep going you know but yeah you got a whole piece of equipment it's a little bit more involved yeah
1: Yeah, I mean we have an ink disc two or three rollers and the plate just to get a visual of what that ink's gonna look like um and I know that like um another one of our listeners uh wrote in asking about like you know my ink she's she's measuring everything super carefully and precisely and then it's always a shade darker than she expects when it prints and I think, I mean, I think we deal with that too. Sometimes you kind of lean into that and you're like, okay, it's a little lighter than I was hoping, so maybe it'll be just right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just finicky. Do you find that certain <laughs> colors are like more accurate than others? I know we're talking a lot about lighter versus darker, but there are there like different pigments and different shades that are easier to tell, like whether they're right, right away?
2: So, um, well, like base colors or, or when you're yeah. mixing, Yeah, Uh, yellows are probably the easiest. You have a wide range with yellow. Uh, The ink itself will look orange, but then you know when you print it, it'll be yellow on some of the mixes. Um, The warm red can be a little iffy, but you know those formulas and the formula uh, guides—they're not right. Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: You heard it here, hot take.
2: I love it. (laughs) We, uh, in fact, I looked and Pantone has now got a disclaimer in the front of their book because ink makers for years have been saying, you know, that ain't right. Um, and they now have a little deal in the front section that says these are meant to be guides. And so I think when you're mixing a color, if you go to, when you go to check it to trust your eye and if your eye says, man, that color looks like it needs some yellow, but there's no yellow in the formula. Um, I bet you I'm putting yellow in it when we make it here because uh, there's a t- – I would say probably – I was thinking about this. I bet 70% of the colors we mix I have to tweak to get them to the to way we like them, you know. It's, you can sometimes uh, it's you know, it's in the range or whatever. But we – because I can't send an ink to Minnesota and, you know, then it's wrong. And then that – you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm, yeah.
1: For consistency and yeah. that's
2: time lost and everything so um i'd say trust your your eye when you're when you're doing it because um if your eye sees that it, it needs blue it probably needs blue <laughs> whether yeah. it's in the formula or not you know
0: yeah i love it so- that's i <laughs> that's such a comfort to hear because i am constantly tweaking and i like in the back of my head like i'm kind of negatively judging myself like why can't you just get it right but I actually am getting it right because it I'm tweaking you. it by eye. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <sighs> oh, I love it. Yeah, that's reassuring. I feel like I feel like
1: I, I probably am about the same rate, like 70%. You know, like that sounds accurate to me. I usually look at the Pantone guide to kind of get an idea, a ballpark of how much and what colors I'm adding. But I don't usually hesitate to like, like you said, add a little yellow if I feel like it needs it. Um so that's reassuring. <laughs> I feel good about that. And, um, also maybe we all need lessons in color theory rather than Pantone books, <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, um, letterpress too, tends to, to print a little heavier. So I sometimes will, we'll, if somebody says I want PMS 466, I'll say, well, why don't you order 464? Because by the time you get it on your press an uncoated paper, typically prints a little darker. So, um, you know, thinking I may have to add transparent white, a little extra transparent white to this color uh, is probably, it's going to make it easier because you're going to get it on, it's too dark, and you try to roll it out, and you just won't get there. So a little extra transparent white um, is always probably good. <laughs> getting it too strong, I don't think it's going to be a concern, or getting it too weak, you know, but you're typically going to be a little strong. From the formula you know from the phantom god
1: yeah yeah that's probably why it's showing up darker for for megan you know when she's mixing carefully just because it's uncoated stock i would imagine but yeah it's very it's very tricky that that ink mixing we don't know how you do it (laughs) (laughs) lots
2: of years (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah we'll keep trying we'll keep trying yeah I like that that's kind of what makes us even more artisans in our craft is like, you know, it's not just reading a recipe and following it to a tee. It's really like knowing not even just the shade, but like the consistency. Like sometimes I will alter my inks because I'm like, if it's a really dark color, like my black is super thick. So I know I need to put like a little transparent white in just to like loosen that up a bit. Mm
2: uh-huh. hmm.
0: The yeah. other day, I put black on my press, and it just like did not move. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it didn't spread at all. I was like, "What is happening right now?"
2: Well, hopefully, yeah, it, the other colors. Did.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it, it is an older can, and um, it was a, it was a cold day in the garage, and I think the ink disc was just a little too cold, yeah, like, yeah. and so I had a thick ink and a cold disc, and none of Everything it wanted to move. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Would you say that like
1: all of your colors across the board are like the same consistency or do you find that certain colors like I know that I have a can of green downstairs that's hard as a rock, not Southern inks, but like, it's like certain colors, obviously transparent white is super like liquidy and salt and soft, but are there certain like pigments or is there like a reason behind that? Or does it just vary depending on who made it?
2: I think that, the, I think you're right. Um, it should be consistent. Uh, it may be a little different from manufacturer to manufacturer, but it should be consistent. Like we've been dealing with same ink company for a decade, but we noticed that things are changing. And specifically in the last year or two, like our warm red comes in uh, just super thick, hard to get it out of the bucket, you know? Um, so I, I, have, I find that I have to immediately take that bucket, put it on a mixer, and bring it down. I think it's because of materials. I think that, yeah. you know, the, a manufacturer will never tell you or, that they're changing materials. But I think in this case, they might have had to just because we still need warm rent, even if they had to change, if they had to source it somewhere different, you know? So. Yeah but it's kind of like when an ink company gets bought, you know, like Vanson got bought recently or a year or so ago. And, um, you know, oh, we're not going to change anything. Well, they all say that, (laughs) but it always does, you know? So I, I think that the supply chain, so yes, there are some that are always warm is always thicker than uh, yellow, you know, but, Yeah, It should remain consistent. You know, like if you have a thick warm, it should pretty much always, you should know what you're getting when you, when you open it and it's kind of changed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I think just like the change of who they're supplying it through probably makes sense or, but yeah. So like if you ordered a set from Southern Inks, they should all be about the same consistency. Right. Or will there be certain? Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured
2: except for trans white yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. always the exception
0: (laughs) that trans white gets me every time every time i go to open my cans because like i can never open them without tilting them some direction and so whenever i'm opening my trans white i just i know it's going to be something i have to clean up i just go into it knowing that
2: yeah
1: (laughs) at least it's the least like at least it's the least uh painful to get off and clean up
2: <laughs> right Very it's true. Not reflex.
1: yeah yeah reflex
0: blue is the worst it, it is really is i will have like the tiniest dab of reflex blue like on the edge of my ink knife and then it'll end up in every other can and i'm like how have i not gotten this tiny little dot off yeah, yeah
2: they, they hide you know you'll have it on your arm and then you'll get it on your car <laughs> totally seat.
0: I can't imagine what it's like for you though because we have those issues we are working on such a small scale when it comes to ink and you are mixing these giant vats like seeing that giant glob of ink that you had on the table the other day the green ink mixing it up I was like oh my how do you even go about cleaning up after that
1: (laughs) yeah I guess you just have a really big ink knife right and then you just start from there (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, we, uh, but you know, it wasn't always like that. I was covered in, I've ruined a lot of clothes over the years, <laughs> but I think you just get to where, you know, I don't, I don't want it on me. So I just get it off as quick as possible.
1: Yeah. Do you, um, do you ever print? Do you got, do either you or your brother, uh, have a press or do you ever print jobs or do you just mix ink?
2: We just mix ink. Um, Rick yeah. wanted to get into, uh, doing some wood cutting, you know, with the, the wood cuts. So he bought him a little kit, um, but I don't think he's done it yet. But he, <laughs> yeah. uh, he, but we, we just mix ink. Um, yeah. And I think it's, uh, I think it'd be fun to learn to print. I think that what y'all do is pretty involved. I think there'd be a, there's a huge learning curve. You know, I couldn't uh, tell y'all I, if you had a problem and it was ink related then we'd be okay or I could maybe band-aid the ink to help you but some of the things the issues that y'all run into y'all are miles above me I, I wouldn't know how to do it you know um, and like I said I think it'd be fun but you know I just hadn't done it
1: <laughs> yeah well let us tell you it's a big it's a big uh, a big leap to take because there's a lot of things that go into it <laughs> so we don't blame you yeah it's not like a <laughs> it's not a quick little kit kind of uh kind of hobby so <laughs> that's yeah, fair yeah. that's very fair
0: yeah we will be learning for the next 30 years on yeah. how to brand-
1: <laughs> and we'll There's still keep learning yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly
0: yeah so I feel like we've come down to the most important question yeah <laughs> you read <laughs> my yeah <mind. laughs>
1: it really is it's the most asked question that we've had too the most requested if you will so
0: whenever we even mention inks and southern inks and anything everyone fills our dms with oh my gosh we love the twizzlers (laughs) have you always where did the twizzlers come from because let me tell you they are a true delight to all of your customers
2: yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that. So the, I wish it was a, a better story, but I'll tell you where the Twizzlers came from. Okay. We, uh, when we decided to start the website and start shipping ink everywhere, we knew that we wanted to have, put some kind of little treat in there, and uh, Twizzlers had a commercial about you know they you got a smile and you uh don't, and don't take everything so seriously. And that, that's kind of the way we are, you know. I mean we all what we all do it's important that we make the ink right but we could also have fun doing it and so uh like i said it's i and i'm glad to hear that people like them oh and the other thing is is if i had my way we'd be shipping chocolates because i don't really even like twizzers (laughs) 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 but they would melt
1: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say they probably wouldn't make it out of texas would they
2: (laughs) So okay, but what kind the of chocolate business. would
1: you send if you could choose? What kind?
2: Milk chocolate, dark chocolate? Um, I, you know, I could probably not dark chocolate. I'm not too much of a dark chocolate guy, but pretty much any other kind of chocolate would be, I'd be happy <laughs> with awesome. <laughs> awesome. it I don't need it, but <laughs> yeah, Well, let me enough. tell
0: you as the, the workaholic, yes as a workaholic who tends to like skip lunch because she's on the press i have actually received a package of southern ink inks opened it up and was like yes the twizzler it just gave me that extra sugar boost to get me That'll through that job oh
1: that's awesome
0: well,
2: well, we'll people remember you for it so like keep doing it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. cool <laughs>
0: well charlie thank you so much for joining us and teaching us all about inks i have a feeling this will not be the last time you're on our podcast because something tells me we're gonna have more questions
2: yeah definitely well this was a lot of fun i like just visiting you know it's it's cool thank you
1: yeah we appreciate it. And it's uh, been great to learn from you. And I'm, I am can't wait to hear what everyone thinks of the episode because I feel like so many people ask these questions and uh, the information's not out there. So we're stoked. Good yeah. deal. Yeah.
2: All righty. Well, thank Thanks you all. Y'all have so a much? great day.
1: You thank too. Thank you, Charlie. Oh my gosh. Love it. Okay, that was really fantastic. Charlie is awesome. Um, I'm so glad we finally got down to the nitty gritty behind the Twizzlers because all of us can sleep easier tonight knowing the reason.
0: And what Um, a beautiful story. Like He said that he wished it was better, but I think that that is so beautiful that they saw this commercial and it aligned with their corporate values.
1: Literally, they do it because They want to put a smile on your face. What more could you want from a company? Like genuinely, what more could you want from someone? Like, I don't, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. yeah, Like the most pure hearted, like that's awesome. Anywho.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to reiterate because I know we talked about it in the episode, but to all of our listeners, their inks are a hybrid ink. So like you are getting the best of both worlds between rubber and oil. And I actually didn't even know that prior to ordering from them. They were just, (laughs) I saw that they, I saw they had neon inks and I got really excited and I ordered myself some neon inks and then have since just replaced a lot of other things that needed replacing. Um, But it is true. Like I have... You know, obviously I want to be cleaning my press regularly, but there are times where I finish a job late at night and I go in the house and then like a day later, I'm like, oh crap, I've got to clean Gordy up. And guess what? One, two, three, super clean.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's also just really cool to think like he's created this, they've created this formula specifically for letterpress. Like it's not just rubber-based ink, you know, straight out of the thing. Like it's, it's been made specifically hopefully the best results when letterpress printing like you know it's hard to I think so often with letterpress we end up using like random bits and pieces and supplies and tools that are meant for something else because that's what works you know but it's nice to have something that's specifically made for us
0: you know yeah so um I just want to let all of our listeners know where they can follow southern ink so that they could watch all these great videos that we talked about and um continue to learn more about their process so on instagram they are at letterpress inks yep. okay and then um if you want to shop their inks they are southern inkcom ink dot com and they have a great faq page they have a shop page where you could buy ink you could buy ink additives to stock your shop um, <laughs> but with all of your orders you're also going to get an amazing twizzler so yeah. Don't snooze on that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they
1: do have just like some of the best day glow fluorescent neon colors as well, which is I think a big highlight. Um, they also do they do tins um, and one pound cans, but they also do tubes and jars. So if you just want like a little bit of something, you can just get a little jar of three and a half ounces. So you could do that with like the Pantone, like the the fluorescence or metallics if you wanted, or um, if you want to try out their dense black or something like that. So I think having the option for a smaller size is always great. Um, So yeah, that's a fun, a fun little feature.
0: It really is. And their turnaround time is super great and they're just fabulous to work with. So um, if You are looking to get some inks for your shop. We highly recommend Southern Ink. We want to say thank you again to Charlie for joining us today. Um, Head on over to our Instagram account. We'll have some slides up for this show. That is at hot off the press pod. And then, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would love if you could leave us a review, especially about this episode. Let us know if there is something that you learned from Charlie. I'm sure he would love to hear it. So, uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you've learned. And if you are listening on Spotify or any other platform, we would super appreciate a five star rating. It really helps us reach new people. We want to help teach everyone about letterpress and we are starting to talk to some of the best experts that we know we have so many more guests lined up for you guys and we want to make sure that the podcast is getting out there yeah we
1: want to share letterpress with the world everyone so leave those reviews share it with your friends Even if they don't know what letterpress is, we will teach them. So, um, and if you do purchase (laughs) some ink from Southern Ink, make sure that you tell Rick and Charlie that we say hello.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. And we will see you next week. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.